The message for this Palm Sunday, the Sunday of the Passion, comes from all those readings just read, as well as from St. Paul, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. In the name of Jesus, amen. So is your journey taking you where you need to go? This weekend, we as Christians enter into the time we call Holy Week. We're coming to the end of the season of Lent and heading to the high point of the Christian year in Easter. Everything in our worship life, everything is coming together in a way to call us to remember, to reflect on, and to celebrate the great gift that God gives us in his Son, who has come to rescue humanity and all creation along with us. Riding that donkey into Jerusalem, Jesus' journey would take him to experiences that no one should have to endure. Betrayal by one of his close companions, suffering at the hands of religious leaders and political leaders who thought they were doing the right thing, cruel execution on a Roman cross. But worse than all that, Jesus had to experience separation from his Father as he took all of our sins onto himself to carry it into death for us. Jesus' journey led him to the place where he would bring reconciliation and peace between God and us. Our journey through Lent under the theme of go and be reconciled has provided a God-pleasing model for reconciliation as Christians, a model that we can put to use amongst ourselves and with those who have yet to know Jesus. And if you've been with us these past several weeks, you've seen how this model for reconciliation begins with God's work, how he is the one who reconciles us back to himself. And then it pours out, moving out into other relationships with those in the world around us. Today, we come to the remaining piece for bringing about reconciliation with people in the world around us. You see it over there on the far right of the cross beam or in the fallout that's printed in the bulletins before you. Restoring with gentleness. If the journey of reconciliation is going to take you where you need to be, it has to lead to restored relationship. Now that relationship is probably not going to look like what it once did before conflict and discord entered in. But we're looking for it to be at least as strong as it once was. We're looking for healing through reconciliation. Restoration with gentleness is an intentional step in supporting that healing, in getting you and this other party to where you need to be in order to move forward together in harmony. Restoration is about mending what has been broken. Now ultimately, this restoration is about bringing back someone who has been ensnared by sin. That's what St. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 6. As a starting point for reconciliation, God calls us to be ready and willing to address the sin that is among us in our relationships. If we just ignore sin, it's like we're leaving the person that we're called to love and care for trapped in quicksand, sinking deeper and deeper. 
That's not a good place to be. I mean, how would you feel if someone that loved and cared about you just left their hands off and left you to your own fate? If we care about this people, these people, we need to both recognize the sin that has taken hold of them and call it to their attention. And as you heard St. Paul say in our epistle reading today from Philippians chapter 2, we who follow Jesus need to look out for others, our neighbors, with the same mind as Christ has cared for us. Instead of leaving them to sink deeper and deeper into sin, we've got to reach out and draw them back to bring them up into solid footing. So if you're going to do this, if you're going to restore with gentleness as a disciple of Jesus, how do you do it? Well, first, maybe it'd be best if we start off by saying what it doesn't look like. When you restore with gentleness, it's not vengeful. It's not retaliatory. You're not trying to get a price paid back to you. You are not God. You are not in the judge's seat. God alone has the right to deal with us according to our sin. And gentle restoration, it's not self-righteous, it's not hypocritical. Remember that you too have fallen short. You too have been ensnared by sin. You too have needed restoration and reconciliation in your life. And finally, gentle restoration doesn't try to provoke the person that you're trying to help. It's about building the other up. It's not about tearing them down. Now, if you're a parent, pay special attention to this aspect of restoration when you are working with your children. So what then is it that restoration looks like? What does it look like to restore someone gently? Be compassionate. Seek to understand where they're at and where they've been. Think about how you might have gotten tripped up in a similar way in the past. Be patient. If you're going to mend something that's been broken or torn, it can take time. Likewise, it can take a while to restore the relationships that have been strained or broken by conflict and discord in our lives. Don't rush the thing along. Show love towards the other. Help them to see that you want good for them, that you want their journey together with you to continue as something that blesses everyone that encounters it. And Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday, we have a perfect example of how God restores with gentleness. Because Jesus could have walked in. He'd done it several times before. But he rode in on a donkey, a colt even, a young donkey on which no one had ever ridden. And that was a kingly choice. Back then, if a king were to ride into a city, he could choose his mount, a war horse or a donkey. It was a sign. Because entering into a city implied, if you're riding in on a war horse, a show of force and power that could be brought down upon the people there. And that, usually not a good sign. Riding in on a donkey, though, meant that the king was coming in peace. 
Centuries early, earlier, King David called for Solomon to ride a mule when he went out to be anointed as king over the nation. And as Jesus came into Jerusalem, the people called out for the return of David's kingdom. The palm branches that they gathered and waved or threw down in his path, they were symbols of victory over the enemy. Today, Christians look back on that Sunday when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, calling it the triumphal entry. We wave palms to celebrate the king who comes in the name of the Lord. But as the Lenten hymn reminds us, there is no tramp of soldiers marching feet as this king comes to us. Jesus didn't enter Jerusalem with an army to overthrow the Roman government. He comes on a donkey, not a war horse. He responds to our cries of, Hosanna, Lord, save us, not by giving us what we deserve, but by giving himself for us. On this Sunday of the Passion, Christians remember and celebrate Jesus' gentleness. He is the King of Kings who took the journey that led him to suffering and death, and he did it in your place. He refrained from using his divine power in order to be the servant that humanity needed. All glory, all laud, all honor is rightfully his. But he set it aside. He emptied himself in the ultimate act of humility. In obedience to his Father's will, Jesus came to serve you. He came to restore you with gentleness into relationship with God. Jesus' journey took him exactly where he needed to go so that you could be where you needed to go. Jesus makes restoration and reconciliation possible. He's the servant who went to the cross for us. And because his journey did not end at the cross, yours won't either. As St. Paul writes, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the Prince of Peace. In Him, you are restored. In Him, you are reconciled. Peace be with you. Amen.